What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pops. Pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Something about the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here, you are going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Here we go. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. The third film from Jordan Peele that we're discussing on the Mad About Movies podcast. It's also the third film that he's ever made. So I guess we'll just continue this. We'll we'll talk about every single movie we possibly can from Jordan Peele from here on out. We'll be the official podcast of Jordan Peele, among other things that we are the official podcast of. <laughs> Gruber, Now You See Me, uh, Star Wars, you know, tons of things. But here we are to discuss Nope. It's one of the most highly anticipated movies of the year, certainly on this podcast. So we're definitely going to have a lot to say about it. So welcome in to Mad About Movies. I'm Kent hosting this episode, joined by my co-hosts, Richard and Brian. Sup's up. Richard, uh, how are we doing these days? Did you uh, go out and see this one in the theater? I did. I did. Good. That's the only way to see it. So I was trying these. to verify that you saw it, and then now we can now we can get into it. <laughs> no, and the August schedule, the August that, schedule is just for you, though. I know, Richard, man. It's like Back three out of the four movies we can we can watch at home. So your your dream is is still alive, my friend. So yeah, I seen, but these are the ones that I there's a actual tangible value to seeing in the theater. These right. kind of movies. So I look for. I'm more than willing to go drive up to my local Cinemark and fork over my 15 bucks and enjoy that is, but it's, you know, a B comedy. That's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like we'll, we'll make, we'll make, which I had to see not for yeah. the podcast. Yeah. For, for uh, completest. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, okay. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's going to be a good week. <laughs> it's going to be a good week here on ma'am. Next week, we're going to do some movie news talk. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about some trailers, some movie news headlines, and we might do a little movie draft update too. We'll calculate up the scores and see where we stand as we roll into August in the movie draft. But on the VIP feed, it's been popping off uh, for quite some time now. Last week, we dropped our black phone review for our VIPs. They get that. They got our Jack Ryan throwback to where we talked about all the Jack Ryans and finally decided, I think once and for all, who the best Jack Ryan is. And uh, this week we got Denzel talk again. More Denzel movies as we roll through the Denzel filmography throughout the year. So sign up at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP and for a small fee, you can be a part of that. And as well as the Discord too. Get all the episodes, hundreds of episodes now. And uh, the Discord access is worth it, I think, alone. But guys, let's get into this. I booked my ticket far in advance for this one. I wasn't taking any risks this weekend. <laughs> I booked this one. I was anticipating it. Took the wife to it. And I think this was the first one she had seen with me all year. This was the first one I was able to convince her to like, yeah, oh, this is going to be worth. Rise of Gru? <laughs> <You guys laughs> yeah, she saw that one without me. She knows where I stand. Uh, oh, okay. So. <laughs> it's a divided household. I just love that. I've discovered this in the past week. There's a Reddit subreddit called Minion Hate mm -hmm. that I did not know that about. You started? Oh, you no, <laughs> I not know about. I thought I was literally in the like maybe there's maybe four people that felt like this. There's like forty thousand members in it, and it's all just memes <laughs> and like weird products that were released with Minion tie-ins. R slash Minion Hate is is I've subscribed to that, and uh, <laughs> I'm just glad that there's you know brotherhood out there. Of, of people Brotherhood that see, of it, the, that see the truth, disdain. you know, that won't contribute to the 
machine. I saw like a Capital One ad the other day that had a minion <laughs> tie-in. And I was like, yeah. are 75-year-olds like having to pull that into the groove? Mini groove? I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> it took all they can get. It's just minion yeah. invasion was we're almost past it, I think. I think like a, every uh, third like ad on TikTok for a while too was like nationwide insurance now with minions. Right. You know, right. Exactly. IHOP yeah. with minions. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think we're past that, and we got a lot of, like Brian alluded to, still a lot of fun movie talk to get to here. As we roll into August, it should be fun. But, man, I rolled up to the theater for this one, super excited. The wife, Zoe, was very excited, too. And we had watched uh, the Jordan Peele movies in the past couple of weeks. We had kind of gone back and rewatched those together in anticipation of this and refreshing our our memories on what that feels like. And man, the, Richard, you're totally right with this one. This is one that you want to see it in, in a crowd. And I think when the lights went down, and first of all, the Oppenheimer uh, teaser was uh, was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You guys got that? Yes. Yeah, I got it. After the cra- like, did the trailers? Got the Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and, and then, then the lights go down, and, and then you get it. it. Yeah, yeah, that was great. How the lights yeah, were was awesome. went down for it. I, I yeah. love that touch. Uh, that was, that was cool. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit, maybe more next week, but as the lights go down and this movie starts and you see this sitcom <laughs> massacre, if you want to call it that, <laughs> the aftermath of it, and the camera is just, yeah, the, the camera is just kind of Stanley Kubricking through that thing. And we're as, as the beginning of this thing starts and the energy in the theater is just so palpable <laughs> at that moment. When it sees like a Jordan Peele film and, and it's like so tense before anyone knows kind of what's going on in this thing. I just love that. And I took note of that with this experience, but excited to talk about this one with you fellas. Brian, mm. when did you see this? What was the experience like? And and maybe give us some, some general Peele thoughts and all that. Yeah, this is my first Peele in theaters. Um, oh, wow. Get Out was... I was looking forward to get out and it, it just dropped it uh, like the worst week for me possibly. It's just one of those, you know, you're working 90 hours kind of weeks and I just couldn't make it happen. So I didn't watch that until it was out on, on DVD um, later that year. And us, the trailer for us is still like one of the more terrifying trailers <laughs> I've ever, like that movie turned out to be not nearly as, as uh, haunt my dreams as I, as I thought it was going to be from the trailers, but I was like, I don't think I can do this in the in the trailers and be able to sleep. Uh, I don't think I can do this in theaters and be able to sleep. This was first go around. Um, and obviously, I think Get Out is in the conversation for the best movie of the decade. And I thought Us was... Us was one of those ones, one of those weird ones where I watched it and I was like, this is very good. I'm not sure that I'm totally into it. And then like a week later, I was like, man, that was pretty good. And then a week after that, you're kind of still thinking about it. I'm not totally sure that that's not going to be the same thing with this one. Like I, I like that he continues to just kind of subvert expectations. You know, you don't really totally know what to expect from a movie uh, of his going in this one. I think even more so than the previous two, I'd I'd seen the trailer. I'd seen the first trailer once or twice. And I just was like, I don't want to see anything else. I, I, I don't want to know more. Um, And so I, I got what I was asking for on that front. I went to see this Saturday with with Lindsay. I think that the 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 two leads are so good. Oh, they're so good. And the story kind of left me underwhelmed. So I I don't know. I I've I've been thinking about it for for three days, trying to figure out like where I'm gonna land on all this. But I I think it may be one of those those episodes where I'm not totally sure what my grade's gonna be until we until we talk it out. It wasn't that difficult to process. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, maybe I'm not understanding all the context. It 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 left me feeling a little bit more like a second tier M. Night Shyamalan than the way that I felt watching his previous two films, oh. I guess. Well, okay. I don't mean it's not as good as like, in my opinion at least. It's like not Six as Sense good as Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, at least as far as like theater experiences. Um okay. But it is, it's it's obviously very very good, very high quality. I I I think that it it would take five 
actual bad movies for me to get to a place where I'm like, man, I'm not really looking forward to to the next peel. It it did nothing to diminish how how I think of him as a director and a filmmaker. I just I'm not totally sure if it's a I didn't know what to expect and this wasn't what I expected at the same time or if it just I don't know. It it wasn't quite what I was looking for despite again being a very well a well-crafted movie. It looked great. I and I thought the two leads were awesome. Like yeah. Oscar level greatness from both mm. of them. Sure. Um, but it, the movie itself, I just, it ended and Lindsay and I both kind of looked at each other like, okay, so what did that mean? What's next? Like, I don't really, I don't know. So it was a, anyway, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about it. Cause it, it, I feel like my grade could, could range pretty, pretty significantly based on the conversation today. So, yeah, man, going back and, and rewatching us, that sequence where the, Others kind of show up at the house. I mean, I remember that being great in the in the theater and talking about that on the show. But watching it on the second watch, I mean, it might even be better. I mean, it's such just such a great sequence, um, such a Spielbergian kind of close encounters, uh, house invasion kind of stuff going on there. There's so much horror. There's so much great acting involved from Winston Duke and from Lupita. It just reminded me of some of the great moments that Jordan Peele can provide. And I think this one had some some really fun moments. Uh Richard, general thoughts on this one. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought I was I was kind of excited to maybe be a bit contrarian. And then I thought I had this really good take of this feels like the less um established middle tier of M. Night Shyamalan. So <laughs> you took both of those from me, Brian. So you never get to speak first again. There's not a whole lot in the middle. This kind of felt like that. I hope this is I hope this is the worst movie that Jordan Peele ever makes. But like um a lot of it's too like the release, it just felt promoted as a really big event. And so mm-hmm. maybe it was just a letdown of that. I'm interested. To, I definitely want to see this again. I mean, and again, to your point, Brian, super well made. Loved a lot of the acting. Loved a lot of the dialogue, but I just didn't the story didn't capture me in like the UFO alien thing was just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I, I didn't find it that menacing or, or interesting really is a better word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of the same way. The story just felt, it felt like really, really well executed. Um, just something from his twilight zone. Like if they gave one of his twilight mm-hmm. zone episodes, a lot of budget said, go make, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And he, he actually wrote it instead of produce, just producing, like it felt pulpy, but not in a, I don't know. It it I wouldn't call it a miss. It's an interesting movie, but like this is a really and look, things are different. We don't have traditional release cycles anymore because of streaming and COVID and all this stuff. But like it's just felt like Universal really trying to force a big tent pool pull Jordan Peele movie, and the movie is just not big enough. It doesn't rise to that moment. It's not bad. It just never really felt big enough. It felt it felt kind of per purposefully well-crafted B-movie-ish to me. Hmm. I know Jordan Peele has a lot of affinity for science fiction stuff. And so it it excited me that he was dipping his toe into the UFO topic. Uh, Shout out to our Mad About UFOs listeners on the VIP feed. Uh, You know, I'm I'm big, big into the topic and to take this, you know, to make this movie in in two thousand and twenty two is is pretty interesting. How relevant some of the stuff in the script was to to where we are. I love the conversation between OJ and and uh, Angel about the uh, UAPs <laughs> UFOs mm-hmm. thing, where when they're installing the cameras. I thought that was a great a great way to uh, to set this in in current times. I, I watched a couple of. I mean, a couple, I don't know, maybe half a dozen interviews with Peel on this movie. He never mentioned Skinwalker Ranch. And I think this is probably based around that, which yeah. is like a, an actual ranch in Utah where a lot of weird stuff mm-hmm. happens, you know, uh, stuff, sightings in the sky, animal, be- weird animal behavior, uh, we, you know, security cams going that. offline, we, we, things like we that. We followed you at Utah. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just Google that if you want to deep dive there. But 
So it's got that kind of setting too. And then you add this Hollywood element into it. And as a science fiction movie alone, I don't know if it stands up to the task, but I think this, I think this being UFO film is just a means to an end for, for Jordan to, Hmm. to talk about some other stuff and to have some other, other things to say and, and do. I thought this lived up to the spectacle. I thought this was huge on on the screen. I, I don't know if I saw it on a bigger screen than normal or what, but uh, I thought the the way he got he got Hoyt uh, fr- from Interstellar, you know, Christopher Nolan's uh, cinematographer to to shoot this and to shoot it in IMAX and to have this kind of tall aspect ratio to everything. I thought I thought some of that stuff looked great uh, to hide the antagonist craft in a way very similar to jaws was mm-hmm. uh intriguing to me in, in close encounters the uh actor that played angel uh said that he was on the tonight show or i think it was seth meyer seth meyers had the whole cast and jordan peele on for like an entire episode to uh to discuss so it, which really cool. we didn't get to hear that it's so good <laughs> yeah we know what that that would have been but he was saying that Jordan Peele, like when he got offered the movie, Jordan Peele gave him, which is Jaws, uh, Close Encounters, and uh, I think there was one one more Spielberg, and Ooh. then uh, 2001 and No Country for Old Men hmm. were the movies that he was kind of trying to capture the energy of. And I sure. loved the, you know, the Western setting. I already said that mm-hmm. uh, just yeah. to set the UFO film in that, in that setting, I think is a, is really, really cool. And to do it in the daylight too, I think is, is fun for, for a lot of it. So the affinity is, is definitely there for Jordan Peele. But again, I think he uses that big summer blockbuster. This is coming out mid July to still make a Jordan Peele movie. And I think that's what I liked about this is he has, mm. he hasn't gone all the way in, you know, for the franchise ability thing yet. And, yeah, and this sure. still feels inherently like, like something he would make and something he would do. And I think he's at the point now. I saw an article come out over the weekend in an editorial that was like, Jordan Peele is one of the last directors that can actually draw people to a theater. And I think people just have in their minds, when you go to see a movie, you're like, you build it up in your own head to something. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why probably this one is so divisive is because of the success of his first two movies, right? And so people have this like, unless this is an an A+, I'm going to be disappointed because his first two movies are A's or or well-received or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think this, uh, this has a lot to say and I'm... What he's repeated a lot in the interviews is he keeps using this word spectacle mm-hmm. and how this is all really just a commentary on spectacle at large and the downfall of, of human spectacle and the consequence of that. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. did, how did you read into that, Richard? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was interesting, but I a lot of what's fun about this too that's different is I mean this is I think probably more comedic definitely than us, and Get Out is funny, but in a very satirical political way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if political is the right word, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's satirizing a lot of things. Um, and so you're nervous this. the whole time in Get Out too. Like it's it's hard right. to laugh at the funny stuff and Get Out because you're just like, or you laugh even harder. Some people yeah, you know because sure, you have the nervous sure. chuckle too. Yeah, but this is more like there's some real interest in a certain kind of Hollywood in this, the logistical kind of Hollywood in this, and merging that with the UFO culture. Not really UFO culture much, but a UFO story that would appease the UFO culture. um, Right. Is interesting. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not, again, it's not like an awful story. It's certainly not, Mm -hmm. it just, for some reason, it felt lesser than, which is fine. He doesn't have to like, yeah change the face of cinema every time you make something you know but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um but yeah to me too like again like to your point ken i totally think you're right about the bigness of it working and you know that the, the cinematography he hired and and the aspect ratio he chose and 
But like to me, that made it feel even weirder because it didn't feel like the story was that big. Like it, it mm-hmm. it's all technically pulled off flawlessly, but like mm-hmm. you keep waiting. I don't know. And that's the other thing too. When it's something like this and it's not really lining up for a while, you watch the movie now through the the paradigm of waiting for a big twist, and then the twist there's not really a huge twisty twist, right? Yeah, so I think like people expect a twist. The feeling yeah. of letdown, even though you enjoyed the movie better, mm-hmm. it's better totally than right. that. You it's just feel a, a little it. let down the yeah. whole time. Yeah, you do expect an M. Night twist. Uh, and there is kind of one yeah. in the film. It's not, but it's, it doesn't change really the context of what's already happened. Like, I think the twist in Us is one of the great twists. I mean, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, like it's, sure. it's so clever and, and executed so under the radar that it completely passes you by unless you've, you've, paid i mean an insane amount of attention and it begs for a rewatch i think this one kind of begs for a rewatch in the same way that that he just drops so many little nuggets into his movies in a very spielberg kind of way uh let's talk about the opening and the gordy uh, stuff uh what what did you think about that the fact that we have the background of the film set up in this animal uh training industry essentially mm-hmm. and um it's kind of a lost art now. We have a, a great sequence in the film where they're shooting a commercial. It's one of the pivotal moments in, in the in the film. Kiki Palmer's character Emerald is giving this huge pitch about you know the history of, of who they are and what they mean to to the industry. And then the horse acts up a little bit, and the whole thing's ruined. And you see them wheeling in a, a CGI horse for this mm-hmm. for this thing. It's really a dying a dying industry, a dying art, and I like that uh, Peel is paying respect to that uh, in, in this way here, but we have the whole thing set up with a, a murder of from a an animal that goes berserk on the set, which, ironically played by with CGI by an actor. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> right. great the way he obscured the the view yeah. of it was great how he's you know kind of looking through a sheet or behind something the whole time to never the really have of the balloon too. Right, the yeah. foreshadowing of the bo- the balloon, I thought was I thought was genius uh, towards the end, and yeah. the fact that you have this animal go go berserk, and we'll talk about some of the meaning of that. But like one of the meanings of it could have been bad training, right? <laughs> so if you have a a trainer who's actually cares like OJ and Emerald, then maybe this thing wouldn't have happened, you know. So I li- I liked the that little nugget too that he. That it uh, Peel dropped in there, just Peel basing a film on okay, I want to make a UFO movie, and then seeing the Edward Mo- Moybridge horse running footage, uh, you know, from eighteen eighty seven to set basically like okay, there's my movie right there. Right. That's the characters, and I I loved that he said that this is basically the sequel to that that movie from eighteen eighty seven. I thought that was a really cool touch there mm. one thing about that though the the footage is one of the reasons for it back then everyone was arguing over whether a horse when they run if all their hooves go off the ground at the same time <laughs> because it was depicted in paintings uh, one of the most famous ones is here in fort worth the amen carter called uh, dash for the timber mm-hmm. and uh, all the horses like look like they're flying right they're they're all their feet are off the ground it was like that's not that wouldn't that can't happen and so this footage essentially proved that that did happen and and it settled a ton of arguments right and so to use the footage there that was used to settle arguments about the horse thing here their footage in this film is going to be used to settle arguments about ufos right Mm -hmm. so i liked that little other nugget too, how they're mm-hmm. using footage, you know, footage is really the, the, the be all end all to, um, fame and fortune and, and proof and all of that kind of stuff. So, or through the eyes of, of how people, people only believe you if you get the, the shot. And so sure. I, I, I really liked that note, uh, too. So speaking of the main characters, we got Kalua coming off of an Oscar. I mean, this guy, guy is absolutely so a machine he's so freaking good man. oh dude he's like the most 
American actor. He's saying, doing all this great work about the American experience. And he's the most British guy. And he's like so loosey goosey and so such a charismatic person off the off the screen. But when he gets on screen, he just embodies these people so well. And he's he you just can't take your eyes off of him. You know, he could say five words in a movie and win an Oscar. I mean, this guy is is like was made to do this, like like created in a lab to be uh, in a, a an Oscar caliber actor and i'm so glad jordan peele has been able to accent what he he has done and it's kind of you know brought him onto the scene yeah yeah i mean i'm still you know i'm 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 i think i'm more with richard than with you ken on the story like i i'm i'm totally with you rb the Mm -hmm. it's it's odd uh how little no, I'm not even going to go that way. It, it, the story just seems lesser compared to so much else. The character that Peel wrote for both of them, I would say especially for Kaluuya, is in is so good. It's so it's just yeah. it's such a great character, and then you have him bringing it to life. I I mean that performance was. I'd have to go back and look at my letterbooks. Might be the best performance from from a from a male actor I've seen this year. Um, I thought I was. I was a hundred percent in on on the acting and on the characters of, of this, and I, I thought, I just, I mean, every time he's on screen now, I'm just like, this guy, this guy might be the best actor right now. Like he might be the best actor we have. He's so so good every time he's on screen, um, and I, I loved him in this. I was like, this is the whatever wherever I end up on the movie, it is minimum a whole letter grade better by his presence in it. Versus, you know, anybody else, basically. It's yes. That's how good he is to me. That's how good Steven Yeun is to me, man. I, I mm. put him in every every movie. <laughs> I'm serious. Like put him in the MCU, throw him in the next Spielberg, give him get put him in Christopher Nolan. Like this guy I, I'm obsessed with his work too, as of late. I'm glad he's broken out of the Walking Dead typecasting type of thing and he's been able to to have a career beyond that because I mean this guy is, is something special too. It mm. was it was a vital part of this film. The character of Ricky Jupe Park, former child star Ricky Jupe Park of of the Gordy Show and Kid Sheriff. Did you notice the uh, what the that was kind of homaging to, or what I at least thought it was, Brian? Um, no, I guess not. Or I've lost. I I I thought because of the way the poster was that it was a like a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing. Okay. And uh, sure. he was basically the, the short round of that, okay. like, like typecast because of his race, mm. because like that was the whole bit. I mean, that's the humor inherent humor of that was the situation of a kid like him being a sheriff. Right. in this American story. So uh, I think there's a commentary there about exploitation of, of those typecast uh, minority characters. And it certainly is um, emphasized here when you every person in this cast, aside from the bad guys, are minorities. And mm-hmm. and um, Jordan Peele has just said how he's so lucky now that in 2022 he could make this movie <laughs> with and not have to fight about who he cast in it. And that was uh, really refreshing. And I mean, you mm-hmm. got some really really extremely talented people uh, involved. I thought Angel, Brandon Perea's character, was super funny. Yeah, he was good. He said he was the only one to audition for the movie. <laughs> wow. That everybody else, you know, was it was written for them or mm. they fell into the role, but he actually had to audition. And I mean, that could have been anybody, right? And that role could really ruin the movie too. If that's not the right person, that mm. can be a super annoying character. Yeah. But I thought he played it you know, really kind of dry and nuanced. I thought it was, was really funny. Yeah. He had the right, a level of wonderment, I guess is the word I would use. Like he was, Mm. he seemed youthful and exuberant. And, and, and at the same time though, he, he did the, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it really well. Um, several times. Like that's always an issue for me in horror movies is, is the, Hey, you're doing the dumbest. It the this movie requires the characters to do the dumbest thing possible in order for it 
to succeed. Um, and this was one where it was like, it doesn't, they, they didn't overplay that by any means, but there are a few times where you can see him like going through the, the, the thought process of, should I do this? Should I not? I shouldn't do this, but all right, here I go. I'm going to go do this. And I thought he, he, he just did that very well. It was a, um, it was, he was fun on screen. He kind of had some life that he's a great counterbalance, um, to, to OJ especially. Um, and, and that was, but yeah, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic for being in a movie with, with, uh, you know, with, with Steven Yoon and, and Daniel Kaluuya and, and Kiki Palmer and to be like, yeah, that guy was really good. That's a, I mean, ma- major compliment, I think right. to, to hang in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, speaking of OJ spectacle, you know, another nod to, to <laughs> spectacle there with the name of, of that character. Let's talk more about Jupiter's claim, the park that, that, uh, Steven Yeun's character, uh, Jupe, Jupe park opens a park. Uh, and I mean, a little, a little Jurassic Parkness there. Come see this thing that's out of this world that it's going to blow your mind and cashing in on the danger aspect of that. I liked really the downfall of everybody in this film that doesn't make it to the end is because of trying to cash in on the spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. Ricky's essentially cashing in on the trauma of the uh, Gordy situation. He's got this room, this secret room. He's renting it out to people for 50 grand. He's got this park that's just basically dedicated to that time of his life. And he's really cashing in on, on the entire experience. The craft only really takes out people that are looking at it, that are trying to cash in on the spectacle of it all. And uh, I liked that you really, OJ figures out that like, hey, if you don't look at it, you're going to be fine. And that's really what's why it's taking out all these cameras and why it's evading detection Mm -hmm. is because it doesn't want to be detected. (laughs) And to use some of the animal training stuff that uh i guess techniques to outrun the the thing to get the thing wrangled up in the third act i thought was a was a really nice touch to of um of bringing it back to okay they're actually kind of wranglers for a reason and this isn't just a a setting that they're in that it's actually gonna it's actually gonna benefit them in this situation so i think jordan peele <laughs> he wants you to see this again I think I think that you know what what's coming out this weekend is it League of Super Pets, right? Yeah. I I don't want, yeah. I might hedge my bets that this might do do pretty well in its second week or not drop off 70% uh because I don't know maybe some repeat viewings or I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe you see it and you I think it might have some some discussion off the air that'll give it give it second legs. And I thought the Attention to detail, guys, on the UFO aspect of it was was fantastic. I thought the craft looked looked great. I think something that's going to divide people is the way the third act plays out. So spoilers coming up now for this movie. You haven't seen it. Please see it. What did you think about the way the the craft essentially, you know, is a, is an organic yeah. entity instead of like this metal object? Yeah, the the ship is the monster, so to speak. <laughs> right. Uh, or the alien. Yeah, it, the ship. Cool. It, the ship is the the animal, right? That's lost control. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like I said, it's it's not a bad. It just feels lesser than than a big. It, it, it's fine. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it a lot. I just saw this yesterday, so that's what I meant. Like that 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 could be considered a twist. Is yeah, that, no, oh, no, this totally. is an that's actual, what I was thinking too. Absolutely. This is an actual tr- like shape shifting object and not just. Totally. And the cloud thing was kind of cool. The cloud that never moves. Mm-hmm. As a yeah, as a that was cool. Yeah, that, that was, was cool, cool reveal. Uh, visually, man, the, the the shots of the of the saucer though going over the ranch. I mean, there's a couple in the trailer. Those are sick, mm-hmm. man. Like that. Yeah, that yeah. craft is was so simple, but like. Obviously designed on like some of the Bob Lazar descriptions of of what those crafts kind of resemble, and it's just like it gives you kind of gives you chills, you know. Uh, it the way it was done, the way he shot it, 
where the characters would look up and it would kind of just peek around a cloud or be out of sight very quickly, I, I thought was was fantastic. And and he could have really abused how cool that thing looked, but I thought he saved it for the right moments. I did too. My I thought the shots looked amazing. Um my kind of complaint with and I, and I think this was part of my issue with the with the movie overall with the uh you know, the ship is a creature. I felt like holding that information for as long as they did as he did, it it kind of stripped away some of the the value of that or the shock enough. For example, um, like a lot of people were comparing this to Jaws, and and I get it. Like there's there's similarities. The scene where the flags drop out of the cloud and the the saucer is about to come down and and go after these people. I thought it was cool. I did not think that it was nearly as, uh, certainly not nearly as scary or impactful as it might have been because at that point we still weren't sure what exactly we're dealing with here. I think when people go to see Jaws in, in 1975 or if you go to see Jaws for the first time this fall when it's doing the IMAX re-release thing, you know that it's a shark. You know that there's a shark coming and that's terrifying. Um, at that point in the movie, we're still kind of like, like they've, there's been a line or two that hinted at, it's not really a flying saucer, but it, it's not totally out there as to what it is that you're dealing with. And so when it swoops down and and then you don't even see, you don't even get that scene really. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not until OJ comes to, to, to the park, you know, then the next scene or whatever that you, you really get a look at. It's just, I, I felt like it, the pacing on, on some of this is so good. And then there's other parts where I'm just like, but the story pacing, the note that it's just a little bit off here and there. And that was one of the big ones to me. I was just like, it, I, I think I know what we're going for here, but I'm not, I, I felt like I was a little bit robbed of that moment because I'm still trying to figure what are we even dealing with here? Is it a, is it a, if it's not a, is it a being? Okay. All right. Well, but it still just looks like a, a flying saucer. So it's kind of a, I don't know. It, it, I would have liked, I wish that had been done a little less subtexty and more just actual visual exposition, whatever. Just, just a little bit more there to, Maybe would have upped the the game for me a little bit in terms of like what I was. So if you knew it was an organic creature earlier, yeah, what up the I, game? Yeah, because I think I was still kind of locked into trying to figure out what's going on, and mm-hmm. then it swoops down. And even when it when it pops into the when when OJ is confronted with it, really the only difference is that you're seeing that it is you know sort of flesh tone un- underneath, not black as like it's you yeah. know jumping across the sky even in that moment you're like is that supposed to be a mouth i don't really totally you get the it's not bad creature design i i don't think i just think it's it was oddly revealed and Mm -hmm. i i I, and again it's like i went i read this article that vox put out kind of explaining some stuff on the on the movie and i was like yeah okay great i i get it that does make me I get what Peel's going for. If I wasn't a hundred percent, I definitely wasn't a hundred percent in in tune with like what he's doing while I'm watching the movie. But even if the, if this article gives me a hundred percent context, I I still need the movie to be to provide me with those those notes as it goes. And that was like to me, it was just kind of a miss. I don't know if miss is the right word. It just was oddly oddly revealed, and I I, I felt like that was something that that I maybe could have been done uh, uh could, could have been done a bit better for me the sequence at the star lasso experience i thought was one of one of peel's big moments that i had alluded to earlier i mean that was just <laughs> terrifying when all when it when that craft sucked all those bodies up into the into the craft i mean that was a shot that you know has stuck with me and those screams of those people and this and you see you know you always expect these you know abduction stories or especially in science fiction the way abductions or the inside of a craft has been depicted it's like this 
super clean surface and you wake up and you're on a table somewhere, right? Mm. And the way that he juxtaposed that that ex- that expectation with this where it's you're sucked up and you're immediately basically digested out and all your excess non-organic material is shot out of this thing and at people down onto the onto the ground i thought was a was a definitely a new way to go about it and the sequence that follows that up the star lasso experience where they're in their house and it rains blood on them was i mean definitely a, a terrifying experience for me the sequence where Kalua is in the barn and the aliens where he or Peel swerves us when with the kids dressed up like aliens, right? That scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like when that alien pops down and you see that face, yeah. It scared the crap out of me. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. No, I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah, it is was kids, but like it didn't change the fact that it scared me. You know, I thought that mm-hmm. the moment worked. Right. Yeah. Uh, and um that to me was was a total subverting my expectations on on what to expect here but that star lasso experience scene and then the way that all plays out at the end was uh i was kind of on the edge of my seat there that was that Mm. was pretty terrifying did you did you guys feel like like so when they are getting those people are getting pulled up into the the monster or whatever i i felt like the and I, i i have to assume it was intentional but maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. Like it looked mechanical on the inside of it. Like the, 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 I don't know, tunnel that they, they go up into looks like the inside of a, like a, a, uh, I don't know, a cool, like a, like vent or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was more like a craft that, that like consumes humans. Does that make sense? Kind of okay. like the war of the worlds. Yeah. Where they just send sure. out crafts to like just sure. kill all the life on the planet. Like that's kind of how I Okay. I read it. Okay. Yeah. I mean that, that's fair. It, that took me cuz I I I think normally that scene would have really freaked me out or or disturbed me and instead I was just kind of like I still I don't know, maybe I'm just dumb, but I just I I felt like I was sitting there trying to figure out instead of like watching the sequence and seeing this scene I kind of, I was just like, is this, I still was trying to, pro- is this a, is it a, is it a craft? Is it a, is it an organic life form? I don't, I don't, I don't think Peel would even answer that question. Here. I, I mean, he, if you asked him, he wouldn't tell you probably straight up. Yeah, it was a creature or yeah, it was a craft. I mean, I think he's probably like, oh, I don't know. What was it? I think that's kind of on, on purpose how it's this ambiguous, Okay. this ambiguous just being or mm-hmm. entity in the sky, really unidentified, yeah. right? So I think I think all of that's well and good. I, I just I'm also but I'm just kind of watching a movie, man. Like I I would like to <laughs> maybe kind of know what's going on with this big July summer blockbuster movie. Just just mm-hmm. a little bit more than that. I I I don't know. It it feels weird to criticize cuz again, I, gosh, I think it's such a well-crafted movie. There's just there's these there's these few little thing, little details or notes where I would love to not be thinking about how M. Night Shyamalan made, I think, three great movies and then didn't make another good movie, you know? Like, that would... And this movie kind of gave me some of those vibes. Like, oh, no. Like, that was... I don't know. I don't know. I, this I feel could like be it. This could be the last of... Uh, this could be the, the signs of M. Night. I, I, I think that sometimes... Like, this is a Tarantino thing that I don't love about Tarantino. Tarantino loves film more than any person in the world. And that's like, I'm not going to criticize him for that. I also love movies. Um, But there's times where I feel like in the same way that like now going to see a Marvel movie, you have to remember the intricate details of 30 movies and TV series and stuff to be able to follow what's going along. Sometimes with some of the with some of these these filmmakers who really love film, I feel like they have a hard time distilling a story that they really believe in or that has all this context or or allegory or reference or whatever else to like distill it down to into a way that me the idiot can watch the movie and just enjoy 
the movie. It's like I what I really want, if I'm being honest, is I want I want to go see this movie. I want to be like, man, that was freaking awesome. Everybody needs to go see this. A plus. I loved it so much. And I love it so much that I'm going to go read about it too or watch the the interviews that he's done or listen to a podcast or whatever else where then he says, hey, you know, this was actually a, you know, a reference to this movie or like there's all these posters on the wall in the house that are that are um, sort of obscure black man fronted movies, you know, that that have kind of been lost to time. And that's like. That's part of what I'm trying to get get at here is like and and then have my my experience or my appreciation of the movie deepened by learning more about it. But but part of that algorithm for me is that I have to really like the movie itself, not just mm-hmm. walk out and say, "Man, I want to I need to know more in order to decide whether I liked that movie or not." So let me ask you if this was directed by you know James Jones, random dude. Mm-hmm. Would you have enjoyed this as just a science fiction movie? If I if I get this performance, these performances, but in particular, uh, Kaluuya's performance, right? Are we more scared about like this could be, you know, this wasn't Oscar worthy? Yeah, look, than- I, I think you're onto something there. I mean, like it, it there, there's a. It's a it's a pros and cons, right? I mean, it's a mm-hmm. give and take with with somebody with, when 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 Jordan Peele's name is on it as the director, it does have expectations or anticipation even that you expect a certain level of quality. sci-fi movie wouldn't have. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. I just mm-hmm. I, I I just I like I said I I think what I'm my real thing my real issue and it maybe it's even a small issue it's just i wish that this had been distilled down a little bit to where i could enjoy just the movie not all right now i gotta go do some reading so that i can decide if how mm-hmm. much i like yeah. this movie or not and it is a little bit to me it's a little bit stuck between is it science fiction or even if it's a science fiction slash horror or is it social commentary or Right, it's kind of stuck between that, whatever. It's kind of stuck. Whereas something like Get and, Out, yeah, and even, yeah, and Us did that too. I think both of those movies did those things. They intertwine those things mm-hmm. so beautifully, and um, and this one is just a little. It's for me, it just it it lacked a little bit of that like connective tissue to make both of those things, both of those things work really, really well. You know, totally. Uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's that may that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Anything else uh, we want to head on? Uh, oh, I wanted I wanted to touch on the Antlers character. The cinematographer thought he was fun. Probably could have used him more when he just kind of shows up at the end. I thought it was kind of mm. kind of forced. Uh, maybe could have used one more scene where they interact with him to keep him involved in the story. He was the most M Night part of this, like mid tier <laughs> M Night part of this movie to me. Like it was <laughs> the. It was fine. It was fine until he, and I, and again, having read this Vox article and seen a couple of interviews with Peel, like I get what I, I now understand better what he's, what, what, what he was going for. But that was like the Bob Balaban writer in Lady in the Water <laughs> level of like, I'm so committed to my craft or whatever that I'm, I'm just going to go die because that's the only way I can get the shot. Even if no one mm-hmm. will ever see the shot because I'm going to die in this. Right. Um, Spe- spectacle took him yeah, out. I'm right? so, totally. I'm so, I'm so obsessed with the spectacle that I'm going to go all in on the spectacle, even knowing that the spectacle is going to kill me. That's I, the Jurassic there, Park there's thing, def- right? Yeah, totally. There's definitely somebody who watched this movie and loved that part of it. And is like, that's what made the movie for him. And for me, it was like, that's the part that might've been a th- you know, the thing that knocks it down, um, the, the, the letter grade or whatever. I thought it was, it was, it was pretty cringy on that front. Just, just in his. In yeah. His, and you had this other random, uh, TMZ guy, right. Or, or paparazzi trying to get a shot. I, I thought he was alluding to kind of the, uh, you know, men in black or something, just this random mm. person that'll show up if they hear something weird's going on and try to get, Try to get the <laughs> try to get the scoop, and then you know, yeah, it's it's the obsession with getting the shot that takes that takes him out too. So mm. there's uh, obviously a lot of 
you know, social commentary going on there. I don't need to explain it, but, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, the, the on antlers guy, uh, you know, I think that probably a, a nod to get, get out right there. Right. His name mm. antlers is, you know, committed to the old craft. And, and that's <laughs> it probably what the little commentary on Jordan Peele trying to mm. uh, comment on guys that are committed to, I don't know, this ancient way of doing things too. And maybe that uh, it was a little a little jab at some people too, like his his fun way of doing it. But I want to talk maybe a little bit about the uh, Gordy thing before hmm. we get out. But sure. yeah, yeah, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> the uh, I thought that sequence where they show the flashback was uh, pretty chilling. It was among uh, yeah. you know Peel's best, yeah, most terrifying <laughs> moments. <laughs> In some ways, that that almost set me up for disappointment because I was, I mean, those were that's a terrifying sequence, like absolutely terrifying sequence, and and the second one when you get the full version is right, oh my uh, yeah, and the second one, yeah, that's what I mean, It's yeah. pretty horrific. Um, and I that might be the best scene in the movie, I think. Like it's it doesn't, I'm not sure that they're that the I under like it, it sets up the context really well and especially with for for um for jupe and for oj like oj's understand immediate understanding of what to what to do and what not to do with this thing is awesome i love that i thought that was a really cool um plot point very good scripting uh yeah the sequence is 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 great um and i'm not sure that the rest of it quite pays off for that uh at least from a like terror perspective I love the, yeah, again, you know, Richard mentioned it, but I love that foreshadowing with the balloon going up and it causing all that chaos. I thought that was a fun foreshadowing for the end and the balloon of Jupe himself causing all that, all that chaos. Uh, where, how do we feel about the end? Because we have Kalua maybe sacrificing himself and Emerald getting the shot on the uh, well camera. How did we, uh, view that do you when she sees him at the end is that is that really him did he make it out is that his ghosts you know because it says what does it say from beyond or whatever out yonder like above him on the sign so i don't know yeah i don't know what do you think arby mean like what what's he trying to say there i i mean did did kalua make it out or not what do you think oh um i'm always a night i'm always pessimistic on these i'm gonna say no <laughs> Yeah, same. I don't. I think. I think they set it up for Emerald to be, you know, to take over and have this stardom and all that. So, I think OJ's story really is kind of ends here. Like what you know, his goal has kind of been has kind of been achieved. So, Mm -hmm. all right, let's get to grades here for Nope. Uh, I'll go first. I'll. Give this. I don't know, remember what I gave us, but I'm feeling an A minus on this one. Okay. What about you, Brian? I think I gave us. I wasn't on the episode, but I think I gave us an A minus, and I would definitely make that an A uh, now for sure. Mm-hmm. Like a pretty, a pretty strong A. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll go. I'll go a minus. Really, I'm feeling B to B plus, but I I go B I gotta, plus. Do it. I guess I'm gonna. I'll give Peel the benefit of the doubt of multiple viewings. I will definitely watch this again. It wasn't one where I walked out thinking, "All right, that's fine," but I'm never gonna see it again. Um, I don't know. It, it, as I sit with it, and it, I don't know. I, I I'm feeling that I will feel. I'll come up a, a half letter grade. You know, by the end of the year, yeah. So I'll I'll go A minus. Richard, okay. uh, before you give your grade, how many grades did the Chris Catan love take away <laughs> from your overall grade? Well, was, a lot of Chris know, Catan love in this movie. Didn't expect yeah. it, but there it was. I was going to say a B, but you bring up a good point. F. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go straight B with okay. anticipating coming up to a, maybe a B plus or an A minus on another watch, but I haven't had that other watch yet. So as of right now, sure. I'm sitting at a B. I will say I liked get out way more the second time. I saw that one twice in the theater, I think before we even did our mm. review of it. So maybe you'd see it a third time if you could. 
Yeah. <laughs> that one was like, so like all my friends wanted to go see it. You know, it was such a, I don't know, theater experience type of, I don't know, I feel like a, a month or two where that one was out and relevant. People were going to see it and talking about it. And like, have you seen it? I heard it's getting Oscar buzz. It's, you know, it could be movie of the year, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. you're right, Brian, that might be the movie of the decade. He came out a little too strong with his first <laughs> movie. You know, caught lightning yeah, in a bottle, man. Movie. I mean, just yeah. totally, that, that happens every now and then, every 10 years, you know, a movie just comes out and no one really expects, you know, Napoleon Dynamite or whatever. And no one, ex mm. it's cheap and no one expects it to be good or do anything. And it kind of changes, uh, changes landscape, so to speak. So this episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, there is the greats for Nope. Let's hit a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. All right, what you got, Brian? I'm gonna recommend a show uh, that I've been I've been slow binging over the last couple of weeks. I uh, I watched the first. Home improvement. I watched the first. Say what? Sorry. Home improvement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the That's first slow half binge, season though. of Star Trek Discovery when it was first on CBS All Access or whatever that was called mm -hmm. um, at the time, and then I was like pretty underwhelmed. And then didn't have CBS All Access anymore and hadn't watched anymore and I was fine with that. Um, but I, I've been, I've been binging it over the last couple of weeks and I'll, I'll probably be done by, by next week. It caught up all through, uh, four seasons and it's good. It's not that like the second season is really good. And that's the one that launches the, the, the new show that's out, Strange New Worlds or whatever, um, with, with young Spock and whatnot. Um, bringing those characters in, I think is kind of what made the show really launch. And so I'm looking forward to, uh, binging that show now, uh, now that it's first season is done. Uh, but, but second, third, fourth seasons are, are, are really good. And I, I don't know. I love, I, I, I've said this before, but I just think, I think TV's better when there's a Star Trek show on. Um, I think movies are better when there's Star Trek movies going. I just, there's something about that world that I'm not even the biggest Star Trek guy. I'm certainly not like a, hardcore Trekkie or anything, but I, I just think that that world is interesting and fun. And I, they're able to do once this show kind of figured out how to do a little bit of monster of the week kind of thing, but also have some overarching storylines, um, that, that carry through a season or multiple seasons. It, it, it really started to, to kind of come together, uh, quite a bit. And, uh, and I dig it. It's, it's, it's very solid. Good, mostly good cast. And, uh, like I said, it's just, I think it's fun to have Star Trek shows on. So call me a nerd, but, uh, but I enjoy it. So Star so Trek Discovery on, uh, Paramount Plus is, Plus. uh, is it coming back? It is. Yeah. I think they're filming the fifth season right now or mm. about to start or something, something in there. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Strange. The, the second season when they bring in, uh, Oh, Admiral Pike or Captain Pike, I guess, and uh, and Young Spock and a couple others. That's to me, Dwight. that's the best season. Yeah, that's the best season um, by a by a bit. And and that again, that's that just launched a, a new show that I've heard is really good, and I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out as well. But um, but this this has been it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be during that first half season of of season one um, when it just mm. felt like. I don't feel like you guys understand anything about why people like Star Trek. It was a real miss for the first five or six episodes, but um, I don't know. Once they figured some of that stuff out, and and they do by the end of the first season, I was like, okay, I'm in. This is this is a good time, and it's a it's an easy binge as well. Michelle Yeoh is always good too. She's great. Content. Always, always great. All, yeah. all, any good content. Mm -hmm. All right, there you go. There's Brian. What you got, Richard, for a recommend? Yeah, I'm, I'm in one of the, I had one of those weeks with a lot of work and then a little uh, vacay over the weekend where I just did not take in hardly anything. So I'm going to say a show we kind of, my wife and I, I've recommended this before another season, but we're, we're uh, kicking up season two of only murders in the building. So I'm going to recommend that mm. again because that's oh, yeah, back nice. on and it's great. Nice. 
I'm enjoying yeah. season two immensely. Like three or four. If in. Michael Rappaport's not the killer. I'm not watching it anymore. <laughs> He's a world class stick man, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's great. The mystery's already. I'm. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes. And already a few twists, and <laughs> obviously hilarious with with Short and Martin. So and Selena yeah. Gomez is hilarious too. But yeah, really funny. Really so good. funny. They did this season of television that was like 100% fresh and Rotten Tomatoes. We all loved it, raved about it. And then they were like, cool, we're going to up the degree of difficulty by casting Michael Rappaport and Amy Schumer and Cara Delevingne. And just, can you guys, do you guys enjoy this? Can you enjoy it? Can you make it? Can this work? And yeah. So far, so good. So far, Shirley MacLaine's great in it. I don't know if you've got to that yet. I like that Amy plays herself, though. I think I like it. I always like it. Yeah. I always like a. A hammed up version of yeah of your own personality. I think that's mm-hmm. always a fun. Just trying to acquire yeah. it for a limited series is a great bit too. The yeah. the line where she has where she, basically the bit is like season one Sting lived in the building and right. now Amy Schumer has taken over Sting's apartment. And she's yeah. the line. She's like, "Get out of my Sting's apartment." Yeah, I thought that was a great. One. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man, I just I've said this before on the show. I just love that. Uh, you know, Martin Short and Steve Martin are super relevant in 2022. I mean, that's beyond like comedy nerds like us. Like they're they're super like the biggest shows widely relevant right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's always great, man. Martin Short makes me laugh so hard uh, in that show. Hopefully, they can. Yeah, hopefully they can work something out where they they'll, they three can host a, a show this year or next year. I did like a two hour Jiminy Glick deep dive the other mm-hmm. night two weeks ago or something it was so good how have they not i know selena hosted snl but how steve martin and martin short not done it together yeah that'd be fun that needs to happen all right my recommend is uh i'm gonna recommend westworld season four is going on right now i've really uh, enjoyed it it goes a lot of different directions but it's uh great that i think it asks a lot of big questions it's got jeffrey wright in a great role i mean um you got ed harris in a uh in a control room you know popping off there uh tandy newton is fantastic uh we had some anthony hopkins i mean freaking tessa thompson you know so i mean this show's got some some really talented people uh jonathan nolan and uh his wife are the ones that do it it makes me hope and wonder. And let me know what you guys think about this. I don't know if you've how much Westworld you've watched, but it makes me want them to do this with Jurassic Park. Mm. It makes me want them to take okay. because this is a cri- like Michael Crichton directed the movie, right? The original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me want them to take like Jurassic Park and like a serious HBO, like let's flesh this thing out. Five, ten five. 10 seasons, you know, and mm. give it some real spectacle. They had um, that dinosaur show on Fox 10 years ago that kind of was a big bust. Mm-hmm. But I think a dinosaur show would be that would work. Even if it's like not even that critically, if it's just what uh, uh, Walking Dead was for zombies, but with mm. dinosaurs, you know. What they've been able to do here. Thing, but that thing's on like season 9 million. Right. Yeah. Walking Dead is is ending this year, by the way. Um, the, what they've been able to do with just the commentary on people and amusement parks and spectacle and that whole nature of things is very mm. Jurassic Park, but I mean, it's doing a different thing, but it makes me want like the next phase of Jurassic Park to be like Game of Thrones in Jurassic Park or something. I don't know, but to have all these different players involved in so many different worlds that they built in this show is, uh, is great. Season four. Uh, I guess kind of spoiler. They have a 1920s world in 1920s Chicago. Would you do that? Would you go there? There was like a theme park that was mm. basically prohibition era Chicago, and you can round up gangsters and mm. yeah, that'd do be that fun. whole thing. Sure. Or the old west. Would you rather do that? Um, not the old west. There's, it's like very hot. Everyone smells uh-huh. terrible. Yeah. Uh, I true. Yeah, not I'm, very hygienic. Yeah. Yeah. At least at least in in uh nineteen twenty Chicago, you 
you have like the the potential for like a a malt shop or something that you uh-huh. know, has some ice yeah. in there maybe uh yeah i True. i there's there's no i mean the old west old west folks have got to just just smell terrible all the time I, they, yeah i don't think i i want to live in that world yeah exactly yeah yeah Texas what? is like a hundred million degrees right now, and it's. I, I feel like I'm. I need to change clothes like twelve. or have like a. I need like a plunge pool or something in my backyard. <laughs> Just like, all right, cool. Hop in and hop back out. All right, now we're. Now we're feeling fresh again. I can't imagine the old west. That that just, oof, man, be be pretty rough. The first uh, pig pen stink lines coming off everybody. I no no thanks. The first few seasons is ten episodes, and then I think these next. Uh, two are eight, and then I think there's one more after this, and I think then then I think it's done. But uh, but yeah, it's been a fun a fun ride, and they only drop a season like every two years, like Stranger Things. So they make you wait and kind of digest it all before before diving back in. But um, yeah, it's been worth the wait. Big big high budget show. I mean, good god, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like very movie level. You know, production design and and all that kind of special effects and all that kind of stuff. But check it out. Westworld's still on. Season four now. All right. There it is. There's the week recommends and the review of Nope. We hope you become a VIP and get those bonus episodes. That black phone review with Richard and I, Jack Ryan. We got Denzel talk. Tons more coming at you. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Appreciate you. And thanks for listening. Subscribe here on the uh, main feed. And give us five stars if you enjoyed the conversation or learned something new. Maybe just, uh, you know, laugh a little bit. Thank you so much. See you next time at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.